Hi everyone and welcome to the Perma Podcast. I am James Prescott, your host. Welcome to the show. This is a um, kind of bonus episode. Um, there's a lot of podcasting bonus episodes right now. Um, um, but for a, for a good reason. Um, we've all been affected by uh, COVID-19, all of us. Um, every, you know, we're all, many of us are holed up at home. Um, in isolation, self, self-quarantine, all those kind of things. And we're all processing a lot of things right now, a lot of emotions, a lot of um, feelings of grief, a lot of, um, a lot of things going on. Um, we're all carrying a bit of weight and anxiety. And my guest today is um, an expert in a lot of those things. <laughs> and I thought it would be great to have KJ Ramsey back on the show to just explore this stuff and discuss it and maybe give some advice, guidance and encouragement. So welcome back to the show, KJ. Thank you for having me. I think it's a sweet moment to be able to share a little bit of space um, while we're feeling isolated in our homes. I'm glad that we can share some space in this audio connection. Um, and I hope that what we talk about today meets you, listener, uh, right where you're at, too. Yeah, I'd absolutely agree with that. You know, this is um, this is a very difficult time. It's very serious stuff going on, and we need to be we need to be together. We need to be supporting each other. So um, mm-hmm. we need to be connecting a lot more. I mean, I've been connecting a lot more with people since this happened online. Lots of Zoom calls with friends um and it's important we stick together and don't keep dividing ourselves because we spent so long doing that in the last few years and we need to stop <laughs> we need to stop anyway but this is a this is a even better reason to stop so what's your experience of all of, of what's happened been yeah so i am a therapist and I'm also somebody who has an autoimmune disease that makes me immunocompromised um, because of my treatment. So my experience right now is both um, holding space for my clients by moving to video sessions um, and and being present with them and what how they're experiencing this crisis and also um, being self-quarantined. I'm on day... I think 17 um, of being in my home and so a little bit longer than the, the people around me at least. Um, I'm in Denver, Colorado and my whole state is under um, shelter in place, which is honestly really relieving that we're taking it seriously now, finally. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been coming in increments, but I'm really glad because it's gotten quite bad here, which is really sobering and really hard so yeah my experience currently is has been heavy I have felt every single day a weight of the gravity of what's happening in our world and the the sadness of how this is going to affect us for a long time each of our families and and our futures um and so my experience also has been needing ways to to be honest about that weight and to release the weight um, so that 
I can be well. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's where I guess I'd start. Yeah, it's that's yeah, and that's a very unique experience because you're carrying not just your own fears and anxieties and grief, but also that of your clients, and that's a really, I mean, therapists do that anyway, but especially at a time like this, it's even it's an exceptional way to carry. Um, yeah, it's been hard. My I just got off a call with with this my one of my my writing group. Uh, three out of four of us are therapists, and we were just talking about uh, how hard it's been. And and it's been and and one of the things people probably don't think about is well maybe they are. I think actually everybody might be able to relate to this. The difficulty of moving to telehealth. <laughs> so everybody's doing like moving to zoom calls for work meetings and we therapists are too and um so in addition to this like weight of the trauma that we are all collectively experiencing and then the the personal traumas that are happening for my clients um we're also just dealing with the the difficulties of technology and and it really and therapy is different over video and i thankfully i've done it a lot over video in the past so it's not it hasn't been totally new for me but Mm. yeah there's there's been a heavy weight and and my colleagues are feeling that too and it's been sacred to stand with people in that and it's required um it's required ways to come home to myself afterwards too yeah yeah, and to be honest, I think a lot of people are a lot of people are having to deal with that as well because we're living with other people. We have partners. Mm-hmm. Some people have partners. Some people have children, and they're having to basically be in the home with them all the time, and be in relationship with them. And especially with children, there's an emotional weight as well. They may not know what's going on. Some of the some children, you know, my niece and nephew, don't they don't really know what's going on. Even though you know they're too young to understand, um, they just know that they're here most of the time and go out for a walk once a day. Um, but for I mean, for older children, probably it's more of an emotional way because because they know what's going on, and so they'll have their own fears and anxieties about it because it's so unfamiliar to almost all of us this kind of this kind of experience of, of being at home most of the time being confined to our to our homes it hasn't really happened for right. a long long time in for fact. most of us yeah yeah i mean for so no, go ahead. yeah i i think the even though we are socially distanced right now the spaces between us are weighty and mm. we each are encountering that weight in our homes and through video calls and all the ways that we continue to be connected to one another and I Mm. think our connections to each other have the uh, dual possibility of creating more chaos or more calm Mm. and we we were built by God to co-regulate to find harmony and peace through connection to one another. Mm. But most of us 
have not adequately experienced how to access calm in relationship and to experience relationship as safe and good. And Mm. so uh, probably a lot of us are experiencing more of the chaos than the calm of connection right now. And I think what I hope listeners can hear today is maybe some, some ways and room to approach relationship so that it can be a space of co-regulation instead of co-creation of chaos. Yes, that's right. Absolutely. I mean, there's, there's almost like phases of it, isn't there? Like where you, you know, I mean, I've noticed this in myself. I've had periods where it's all, I'm, I'm pretty at peace and I'm pretty calm, pretty relaxed um, especially as an introvert, you know, it's you know who likes his own space anyway, mm-hmm. and someone who's comfortable with uncertainty. It's not too di- that's not too difficult for me. But I've also had moments where I've had anger and frustration, and you know that's come out. And and one one thing that's that's been really fascinating for me has been um, observing what's happened on Twitter because Twitter is um, a place where. If you spend too much time there, it can affect your mental health in a negative way. It can be quite a divisive place. And the problem, and, and the thing is, with this happening, a lot of people have gone on Twitter more than they would have normally. Because yeah. they're looking for connection, which is a natural human instinct. You know, especially people living on their own. Um, you know, or single. Um, because we all want connection right now. We all want to know we're not alone. And to start with, that was great. And then I noticed after a few days when people have started you know self-isolating that they're starting to build up they're starting to be a real tension and a weight and everyone was on edge like I, I noticed I saw it I saw it in so many people I saw it in myself mm-hmm. I had to delete a few tweets I put out because I was like oh my gosh what was, what's going on you know yeah. what, am I, what am I doing and so like, the other day I just took a, I just took a step away from it I just took a step away from it because I thought you know what I don't actually Need I've I've got loads of calls scheduled with friends. I can I've got DMs open. I can I can message friends that way for a while. Mm-hmm. I don't need to be here. And because it because and another friend of mine said was saying that they noticed this as well. And it was and it's because everyone's a bit tense. Everyone's got a bit of anxiety under the surface, and eventually that's going to come out somewhere. And um, yep, and we just, we're absorbing it every in every time that we're scrolling. We're absorbing all of that anxiety so um there's always that a built that capacity or that um negative potential of absorbing chaos when we scroll and when we show up in these social spaces um which is just not to say that we can't keep showing up but we have to there there is a invitation to show up grounded and to make space to be grounded in our lives however we can to to choose calm and shalom really this peace abiding deep peace um more than the chaos and so it's, mm. it's what you've described of noticing that you were seeing this tension you were seeing chaos uh and that you needed to pull back that's the self-awareness that everybody really needs right now 
Yes, it definitely. I think that's. Thank you for that compliment, by the way. <laughs> um, that's. I think that's that's true. We we need to. I mean, this is this brings me to something that I've been thinking about in regards to what's been happening in that in that this is a that I've been doing this this personal journey of four or five years of just going into myself and connecting with myself and you know getting healing and transformation and stuff becoming uncomfortable with uncertainty um, has been one of the consequences of that and so now it, it, this kind of this situation is almost home in many ways you know there's been a sense of like this is familiar um, this mm-hmm. is not scary but for most people that won't be the case because right. we live in a culture of certainty and and a lot of people will have now to have time to reflect and a lot of things are uncertain and no one quite knows what's going on and so there's that there's that anxiety that people are carrying around and fear and, and not having everything certain and people will have to learn to understand that um, and what you're saying about being self-aware I think it's important that people are self-aware at the moment, I think it's really important that you know that right. we that that people people get what's going on. You know that uh, that people can see what's happening. And right, and I think in, what in I really encourage people to do with that is begin with your body to notice how your body feels as you are interacting with others as you are scrolling through social media or through the news or you're on your zoom work call check in with your body notice the tension that you feel notice the beating of your heart in your chest Uh, notice whether you're breathing or not Um, when we're feeling stress and fear and uncertainty we often uh, take very shallow breaths or we hold our breath sometimes and these are good indicators for us of how we're doing and, and how much we're stuck in a state of chaos versus calm. And, and I encourage you to pay attention to your body, not as a right or wrong and you do this or you fail, but as an invitation that even now in the midst of great unrest, there is an abiding peace within you that you can access and it starts with paying attention to your body as though it matters. Yeah, that's absolutely right. I I remember when I was under a period of great uncertainty and stress, and I had a coach who told me exactly that, pay attention to your breath. And it was really strange when I started to do that. It was like, oh my gosh, I don't breathe out until I get to work. Like, It's like, <laughs> oh, I can only relax once I'm at work once so that's uh, so why was that you know is that because i'm scared of being late why am i scared of being late where does that come from you know so you start to pay attention and you do start to notice it and your body starts to do it almost automatically you start to notice your breath automatically mm-hmm. and it's like and it's really fascinating that when you slow down and pay attention to your breath that you start to notice other things and you start to actually calm down as well it, right. it does make such a difference yeah, it really does because you, God made our bodies to need to be attuned to in order to feel well and to feel his presence. So that means 
God made our bodies so that when the alarm bells are going off of fear and uncertainty, sending cortisol throughout our bodies, causing us to be in that fight fight or flight mode, which you're in way more than you think you are, of feeling a little breathless, not really, your heart's pounding. Um, God made you so that that can calm only through paying attention to your body again, noticing where you're at, offering yourself a way to breathe. And I, and I really think our breath is our first resource in being able to feel the peace of God Mm. and feel the goodness of where we're at, our breath. It's that simple breathing. As we slow down our breathing, it offers our bodies what they need to shift the state from the sympathetic nervous system being really activated to the parasympathetic nervous system activating and sending sending the neurochemicals that are going to help your whole body feel a little bit more calm. The simplicity of breathing slower and deeper just for a little bit offers you that. Yeah, it really does. Um, yeah, and I was, I was thinking about this and I've had moments during what's happened to think about, because this is what I do, I, I'm a four, I think deeply, I you know, overthink almost, uh, and you know this because you're a four as well, but um, uh, on the Enneagram, that is, um, and the, the, about like what could happen, what will, what, will this, what will this be in five years, how will people change, how will, how will our culture change, how will we change as people, and it's been, and I've talked to you about this outside of here, that it, it, it just feels like there's been this thing going on for a while where people where where the spirit is almost moving that the the ground underneath us is shifting and it's been mm-hmm. doing it quietly for a while but this is going to kind of ramp it up a little bit and people becoming more aware of it and becoming it becoming more i don't want to say mainstream but um more in the public consciousness um in the wider consciousness and i think it and i, I feel a little bit of hope because of the fact that i've been in that place of uncertainty and crisis and stuff and I, I, and although it will be painful and it already is painful for a lot of people um, we will get through and we will get past it and um, there will be a time when this is not happening but mm-hmm. everything will be different um, and that's okay if we can just acknowledge it but this is this brings us to the other Era that I think I wanted that we, we were thinking of talking about was, was grief, because I think grief is I mean grief is something that I, I'm passionate about anyway exploring, and I've been doing a series on my podcast on it and, um, but I think this more than ever is um, a situation where we're going to where we're all grieving um, because we're grieving for a life that we don't have, we're grieving for how life is going to change, we're grieving for jobs that we maybe we've lost. Or we've had to change our careers, or um, even just little things like being able to go out for a, a drink, being able to go to the cinema, you know, being able to go out on a date. Um, yep. You know, we we grieve all these little things, and we carry this around mm-hmm. with us. And this this was true before COVID happened, um, but 
Um, we grieve those little things, but now it's really heightened and everyone's going to be carrying around a lot of grief. And we, one of the things that I'm really passionate about going forward is, to, is that people learn to confront their grief and um, face it and not build structures to avoid it because we've all we've done that so often and it doesn't and it's really it's not healthy um yeah so for listeners how about you give them a little bit of concrete example of what that would look like if they were putting structures in their life to avoid their grief what would that look like well if you're building like okay i'll give you an example of what i did yeah, so that's the best best thing. This is weird because it feels like you're interviewing me now. This is really strange. Hey, this is what I always do. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've got your own podcast now as well, so you know. That's true. That's true. Um, but I, but yes, for, okay. Um, you can interview my own podcast. That's fine. Um, <laughs> but um, but I it, but yes. So so like, I guess for me there were a few things that I did. Um, one of them was one of them was religious certainty, for sure. Um, I was I mean I was in progressive certainty if that's what you call I mean people call it progressive fundamentalism I, I call that as well but um, but I had this structure of I had a stable job which was so safe that there was no chance of me ever losing it um, I had I had my own house and a mortgage I had um, a church that I went to that I was part of where I had you know a structure uh, I had a home group and it was everything was all certain in in a very subtle way it wasn't overtly certain it was it said that there was room for like a little bit of doubt and a bit of, a bit of questioning mm-hmm. just enough to make you think that that's what, what was happening mm-hmm. um, but it was all but at the same time I was carrying around this I had this I had this kind of thing inside of me where I knew that there was something that I wasn't dealing with like even though I was really like really healthy and everything looked good on the surface and I felt good in myself I knew there was something else I was carrying around and it used to kind of manifest itself every so often in private, mm-hmm. um, in anger and, and things. Um, and I couldn't carry, I couldn't sustain that. You know, um, overeating was another one, like, you know, comfort eating. Um, you know, that's, that's another way of just numbing the pain. You know, mm-hmm. any anywhere you choose to numb the pain, you know, addiction, any kind of addiction is a way of, is. I mean, addiction is certainty. Because yep, it's a speaking of certainty, yeah. Yeah, it's it's a way of, uh, it's like having a fix, you know. So if I have that, everything's going to be okay, or I feel safe. Something comes yeah. in my brain, and I feel safe when I do that. Um, instead of actually dealing with what the real cause of it is, which is probably some wound at some point, some trauma. Um, my mum was became an alcoholic because of a trauma you know mm-hmm. uh, and because of a grief of losing the life that she had before and not being able to work anymore and you know all of that but so i've seen this at first hand like and if we're if we're trying to find an escape then we're in trouble like and i'm and it's interesting like I, um, I, when princess diana died there was in the uk there was this big outpouring of grief like and and kind of almost not in comparison to her impact or her role in the world. Like, it was like everyone was just getting rid of all this grief they were carrying around from everything else. Like, uh-huh. Kobe, when Kobe Bryant died, like, you know, there, it was the same thing recently. Yep. You know, it was like, I didn't even, I didn't really, I don't know 
but I don't know basketball, I don't know much about it, I didn't know who he was, but when I found out and then saw who he was and what he'd done and found out about his life, I started, I felt that, you know, it was, so the, it's like those kind of events kind of allow us to process our, our grief, kind of an outlet for it, but if we don't resolve a grief, then it turns into anger and it turns into addiction and it turns into religious certainty and it can be, it can be, it can be, it can be hurtful for other people damaging for other people as well as you mm-hmm. um and so that's why it's really important that we have support networks and that also we have experts i guess as well like people like you therapists um to talk to and coaches and and spiritual directors and people like that who you can just get this stuff out with and talk about it with and just be honest about it and who can walk you through it and process that with you and have communities that can support you as you do that. Mm-hmm. Um, because uh, that's, what I, that's, that's what I've found. Um, and, that's, and that's really healthy for me. That means, I mean, I mean, even though I still have my bad days because I'm a human being, you know, just because you're healthy doesn't mean you're not going to be triggered. It doesn't mean you're not going to have periods where things are difficult uh, where you're mentally yeah. kind of struggling with your mental yeah. health what I'm finding right now with my clients is that even the ones who are more well who are not who right now I, I'm not really somebody who uses many diagnoses um, in my work because I don't find that it's that important or helpful but the ones who technically wouldn't meet uh, diagnostic criteria for an anxiety disorder or depression, um, even they, they feel they come into meetings, into our session Mm. and, uh, talk about how okay they are Mm. with everything. Um, but really where we end up by the end of the session is them acknowledging that it's really hard and they feel really sad. And so what I want listeners to know is that, even if you are okay, you feel you're okay, Mm. you actually probably are really sad about what's happening in our world and what's happening to the people that you love. And holding a little bit of space to hear your own grief is going to bring you to a greater peace and a greater joy and a greater goodness right where you're at than continuing to pretend like you're okay with all of this. Absolutely right. I completely agree. That's such great wisdom. I think. Yeah, I can't really add to that because it makes it just that that is that makes so much sense. Um, we can't carry this around. We're not designed. But I think. But I think what to bring. I think it's important for people to know you are carrying this around. It's not. It's oh not yes, that absolutely. You can't yes. carry it. It's that. Because you're a human with a heart, you are carrying an extra weight right now. The, our world yeah. is aching. Our world is weary. And you feel it no matter how good at coping you are. And, and so to acknowledge that weight is the first step in, in having peace where you're at. And in, yeah. and in caring for being able to even care for the others around you. Um, Please don't pretend like you're okay with it. This isn't yeah. okay. 
it's okay not to be okay. You know, it's okay. It's okay, and just to acknowledge that. And, and yeah, when I when I when I said you can't just carry this around with you, I mean, what I mean is you can't just carry it around and not and not acknowledge it. You know, you can't because you will carry it around, like you say. But um, I think what I I make that correction because I think that a lot of people who are more um, type A driven types uh they're uh thinking they're fine with everything and they're spending a lot of time telling themselves and others that they're okay mm-hmm. and i i just want you to take that just acknowledge t- maybe you're listening and you're like you've been t- saying you're okay a lot lately maybe just take a moment after this to sit with yourself for a second and pause and acknowledge that you're actually not really okay with this. Yeah. I think, I just don't think a lot of people are actually acknowledging that they are carrying the weight. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, that's the, that's it. That's what we're talking about, isn't it? I mean, avoiding dealing with what's really going on. You know, that's part of, that's, 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 been such a problem for for so many for so long and we can't we shouldn't be doing it we shouldn't be doing it now we need to acknowledge it because that's the that's the first step of, to become healthy like what's the first step in a 12-step program it's to sit down and just acknowledge what's going on acknowledge the truth about what's happening and there's no shame in doing that whatsoever because we're, um, we're all carrying it around, we're human beings, um, and, you know, it's okay to, to be carrying that around, um, to admit that you're carrying it around, because um, that's the first step to actually dealing with it and, you know, getting the support and the, the, the help that you need. Mm-hmm. So, okay, so I think... I think towards the end of the episode, I think we'll get to some practical things that people can do. Um, I just, I'm just wondering, like, in terms of your spiritual journey, um, your relationship with with God, how has what is happening and your experience of it? Because obviously, you're right on the edge of this. You know, in terms of you're vulnerable. With, you know, you've had to go into hospital during during what what's happened, and you've had obviously you're a therapist, so you're carrying a lot for other people. How has this kind of impacted your relationship with God and your perspective on on faith? Um, you know, I don't think that this has changed my relationship with God. Um. Similar to you, I uncertainty is my dwelling place. <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> because I've had my disease for eleven years, and also my husband and I have experienced a lot of spiritual abuse. Um, that at at one point we I mean, for the last let's see, we're in our own place now, but there were in the last two years ten months in which we were you would call it hidden hidden homelessness. We were living with friends or family with no, like, long-term housing because of our job changes. 
because of the spiritual abuse we experienced. And so uncertainty, I'm really okay with. Um, I hate it. I'm not, I don't love dwelling here, but it is my normal. I think what's harder for me is to watch the world have to, and watch particularly the Western world, have to cope with uncertainty in a way that they're not used to because I know the disorientation and the pain of having to learn how to dwell there. Um, and I know that on the on that spiritual side, so many people are feeling this deep disorientation. And it's a disorientation that, um, and I feel disoriented too, of course. I'm not above this spiritually by any means, but I I think I just feel a, a deep empathy for where people are at because mm. I've had to go there personally so much. And um, mm. so I've actually had to really protect my soul from feeling that weight um, too often and too intensely. Um, but so with God, you know, it's been, it's been the same in that I have felt a, a deep need to abide in his presence and to cultivate space to be still while the world is swirling, I need to be still. And God will fight my battles. And that really means stopping work at certain times. It's So, like, so my relationship with God, really, when you talk, ask me about that, I get to these very practical spaces because that's where it gets manifested for me. It's how do I hold space to know the presence of God in my life right now with all the weight that's here and all the swirling that's happening. And so it's only made it more important and necessary and challenging to uh, seek stillness and to uh, set aside striving. Yeah, that's great. That's really great. One of the things I love about, about you is just this, I don't know, unwavering faith in God and trust in his faithfulness and the yeah, ability to just abide in him as you talk about. Um, because for me, that's really difficult, you know, and that's partly because of my story, partly because of my trauma, partly, you know, there's lots of reasons that I that I find that difficult um, that it's not a safe space <laughs> even it doesn't feel yeah. like a safe space even though it might be a safe space it doesn't feel like one um, right. like with Jesus I feel a safe space because of his story because you know he was he had a traumatic childhood he lost a parent mm-hmm. he was a bit abandoned and betrayed by his friends he had severe emotional physical trauma happen to him um, so I empathise, you know, and I I feel that. Um, this hasn't changed my faith either, though, because I still I still have a sense of the divine of God um, in the midst somehow. Mm-hmm. I still have a sense of that 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 something else is going on, um, and. 
So weirdly, it hasn't affected my faith at all, which is strange for a time like this. Um, yeah, and, and, and it's, it's okay if people listening, if it if it is completely yeah. making you feel disoriented, um, because I think things like this are inherently disorienting. And if mm. and if your life has been going well, I mean, like for James and I, our lives haven't really been going well for a long time. <laughs> so when your yeah, life isn't going true. well, uh, you are plunged into a disorienting darkness that actually lets you descend to um, mm. a place where God is, where you wouldn't normally go. Um, it's a place that's dark and it's a place that's cloudy and you find that God is there when you can't figure out how life is supposed to work and it's not meeting your expectations. And so I think, um, if your life isn't going well, first of all, I'm glad for you. Second of all, uh, now it's not because everybody's in the middle of, of a pandemic and, and if this is disorienting you, may it be an invitation to descend mm. to this place where you will find God is, but you will have to let go of your desire to understand. Yeah, that's right. And and that's actually I would, I, something I would say to the listeners is think about Jesus, because Jesus Jesus has been where you are. Um, Jesus was caught up in the midst of uncertainty. He was caught up in the midst of um, loneliness, of abandoned, being abandoned and feeling like out of control of things that were happening. And if you are a follower of Jesus then you can have some solidarity with him in yeah. that place right now because because he has physically, literally been there and felt it and felt all the emotions that you're feeling. And, you know, there's that. And when he's on the cross, he says, why have you abandoned me? You know, if, if you're angry with God about what's happened, <laughs> that's perfectly normal behaviour. It's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, if you want to shake your fists at the heavens, then that's fine. There's then please of, do. There's, yes, do it. Do it. Like, and Don't pretend th that you're not angry. Yeah, do you know, it. What I would add to what you're saying is, if you are someone who knows Jesus, Jesus is not just standing in solidarity with you. He is standing in solidarity in you. Oh, and yes. Yes. Jesus is experiencing this in you, in your body, in your life in your story, physiologically, in you. You are united to Jesus. And so Jesus is actually going through your day with you, experiencing everything you experience, grieving with you. And, and because he was the perfect one, because he suffered perfectly and lived with perfect trust in God, and you don't have to have perfect trust in your place of life where you are, you can allow his trust in the Father to be yours vicariously. When you don't feel like you can trust God because of what you're seeing happening in your life, 
you can at least trust that Jesus knows how to trust the Father. Mm-hmm. Just do that and and allow the questions to dangle. Um, Jesus is actually experiencing this in you. Hmm. That's true. That's very true. Good insight. I like that. Jesus it's just, in, it's, it's, uh, yeah. it's theologically true, and I don't think that most of us think about that it's physiologically our reality when we are united to Christ by faith. Christ is actually living in us, in our lives. Hmm. Yeah. You are never far from God. Hmm. Yeah. That's really encouraging. I hope that's encouraging for you guys listening because um, we need that. And also, like, we're both, like you've said, you've heard already, um, listeners, you've heard already that both of us are, you know, we don't have it all together. We, We don't have all, we're not like, we're not all happy and peaceful and everything's no. great you know we're going through this exactly the same you know yeah no and there's and a window into that for 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 my life uh monday and tuesdays are the days that i see a lot of clients wednesdays are supposed to be my like focused writing day and by the time i got to wednesday yesterday i was so exhausted from hearing the stories that my clients are living. And I was so heavy and so tired and and angry, too, about some things in, in my other relationships. And I couldn't, I couldn't do my work. I couldn't. Um, so I, I had to take time to just be still. And I went and sat. <laughs> I went to the cemetery across the street from where we live. Um, because the parks are too full at that hour to like feel safe at a social distance. People aren't being great about social distancing. Hopefully they will now that we're on lockdown, but I went to the cemetery and sat and read and just sat in the sun until I could soak up enough stillness and goodness to feel myself again. And, um, I guess I think it's important to share that um frequently right now i am not okay uh which means frequently right now i have to do things to take care of myself first Mm. and same i i've had moments where my anger's got a bit too much where i've you know where i've had to take a step back and just like think hold on no this isn't this isn't this isn't enough this is this is not I need to take care of myself. I need to just step away and be so that I can be healthy. Um, because, yeah, because I have those moments as well. And, you know, we're all human. And so we, you know, it brings us back to this. We're all carrying this around. And so we need to acknowledge it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, okay, so I think what might be useful for listeners now is like some practical things. So practices um, that we can use, which can help us, um, or um, just little things we can do, um, ways of thinking, practices of self-care, all of those kind of things that we can do that um, that might help us um, navigate this time a bit better. 
Yeah, so I probably have too many, so I'll try to <laughs> I'll try to keep it brief and doable for everybody. But as we already mentioned about breathing, that's where I'll start. I think the number one thing that you need to do right now is stay aware of your body. And so I would encourage you uh, to begin with, maybe set some reminders on your phone to pay attention to your body and to breathe. Like maybe put it in there like that. Um, and when you when that alert comes on, uh, take a second to take a deep breath in and out. Maybe take start with two. Um, and then if you are able, try to scan your body from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. Just slowly try to notice how does every body part feel? Where do you, and especially pay attention to where do you feel tension and where do you feel pain? And just slowly work your way all the way to the bottom of your feet. This isn't going to take very much time. Um, and when you have noticed the pain and the tension that you're feeling, probably in your shoulders <laughs> and maybe some tension in your chest, um, hmm. you, after that, I want you to just take 30 seconds to breathe into that tension. So slow your breathing down, breathe in through your nose and out through your mouth and allow yourself to offer a little bit of healing breath and calm to those parts of your body that feel heavy weight. And that's really something that you can do throughout your day. And, it, and, and I ask that you set a reminder to do it because I know that most of you won't do it, won't remember to do it. <laughs> and so I think a reminder can be a gentle way to uh, remember throughout your day that you do need to take care of yourself. And this is a, a really great way that you can. I think as you do it, you'll feel um, a lightness. So that's, that's one way to start. That's a great way to start. Um... I can vouch for this being very, very healthy. Just, uh, and it really is incredible what that does. Just that little thing. It just yeah, because just right now you're being you're being pulled into the future with all of the news. You're being pulled both into the future and to a state of alarm, just constantly through everything that you're seeing on the news and social media. And um, but the only place God peace exists is in the present and the only place that you can the only way that you can be present to the present is to pay attention to your body again your mind is gonna try to throw you into the future but your body is gonna bring you back home to where you are and so if you can pay attention to your body and then care for your body with a little bit of breath you can know the peace of god that's here yeah, absolutely. That's a great. That's a great starter. If you don't do anything else, that is, that is a great practice. Um, you know, and you know, it kind of fits with meditation and stuff as well, which, which is another great way. Sometimes, sometimes what I do is I just put some nice, like, calming music on, scented candle, you know, incense or whatever. Um, nice, a nice smell. And just just spend time in silence like that. 
that's, I mean, that's similar, you know, practicing breathing. It's um, those, that, that, that can really help center you. I mean, there'll be different things which work for different people, but I mm-hmm. think the breathing in particular is something that will work for most people. Um, yeah, it's something we almost all need because mm. we all we all breathe and <laughs> we all tend to take shallow breaths when we're not doing well and when we're feeling overwhelmed. So for most people, breathing is going to help you, even if it's just a slight a slight help. It will help. Mm. Yeah. So, what's the next thing you would you would advise people? Yeah, well, the thing that's coming to mind right now, I didn't necessarily have a plan, um, but the thing that's coming to mind is lament. And so I mm. I would really encourage listeners that you allow yourself to take a little bit of time to lament what you have lost in this season and to let yourself speak your losses to God and tell God, how you honestly feel about living in this season. Um, and one, the way that I would do that, I have stuff on, on my Instagram about this. I shared about it recently. But um, also, as simple as take a moment, take, you know, maybe spend 10 minutes doing this. Write down a list of what you've lost from something small to big from a vacation that got canceled to to your job, um, losing your job or, or getting a pay cut, a lot of people are experiencing that, to not being able to go to the grocery store for yourself anymore if you're someone who's high risk or not being able to have a hug from a friend. Um, these are losses and you get to acknowledge them. So write them down. And then something that I did yesterday was I took my list of my losses and I tore the piece of paper one by one and I said the loss out loud to God and then I crumpled up the paper and I threw it. And I felt, so I'd say the, I would say the loss, like I uh, lost having my book launch go the way that I really wanted it to. I'm not going to have a book launch party. I'm going to, a lot of things have been canceled. Wrote it down. I said it out loud, paused, took a deep breath, let my body feel the weight of that loss, and then I crumpled it up and threw it, and then gave my body a release from the loss. So I did that, went through my whole list, and just kind of sat there, and and it honestly lifted the weight of the loss to be able to externalize it and throw it. Um, so that's something people can do as well. Make a list of your losses, say them out loud, and maybe even write it on paper and let yourself throw it to release some of the anger. That is a really good thing to do. That I'm I'm gonna be doing that. I think that's a really great. great idea. Like it's Yeah, it's a good way to just get that get that stuff out. Like, and, and actually one of the things that I have been advising people is to journal every day, to journal your emotions. Mm-hmm. Um, I've said this. I've said this for a long time, but especially now because um, I have found that when I journal every day and I just write out my emotions, and nobody else has to see it, I don't have to show it to anybody. It doesn't have to be Shakespeare. Um, if you just do that, it it affects your 
mental health, your emotional health, and your physical health. It, it just, uh, I think that even I saw some somebody told me, and I said this before on the podcast that that when you when you do when you do this journaling about your emotional health that. Your, your actual your body works better like your liver works better for example um, mm-hmm. because of it and because there's something goes on when you do that you're getting in touch with something that is the, the deepest part of yourself and getting it out of you um, yep. there is a physical sense to the wounds that we carry the, the emotional wounds um, there is a physical element to them um, and Yes, and there's a physical element to the weight that we're all carrying right now. Yeah, watching this happen in our world, and so you need you need ways to take the weight from inside of you and let it go, let it be outside of you again. Um, so these ways that we're talking about are really important. Yeah, to give absolutely. you that. Absolutely, absolutely. And what's one final thing that you would recommend? One final thing for self-care. Yeah, self-care and, you know, self, well, self-help, yeah. Self-care. It's going to be, it's a real simple one, but it won't work for everybody. Take a bath. Just be still in a bathtub, in water. Let the warmth envelop you. Um, And... Let it be a space where you can be still by yourself. A lot of um, for those who don't who do live with your families, uh, it can be kind of hard to be to find space to like be alone right now. Well, you can take a little bath space <laughs> to be alone, um, mm-hmm. and that's not like a deeply therapeutic thing. This isn't like some special thing that I came up with, but I've just found that taking baths. Um, for me every day because I'm in physical pain and it helps relieve my pain. Um, but I think it could be for others relieving of other pain. Um, it's been a good way for me to just feel like I can have some space on my own because as much as we need connection with others right now, we do need to stay connected to ourselves. Absolutely. Yes, I agree. We do. We really need to, that's actually the most important lesson that we can learn of this time is to actually become more connected with ourselves. Mm-hmm. That's what happened when I in my journey when I when I started to go into my grief and my uncertainty and um, start to process that and to spend more time with myself. One of the biggest benefits was connecting with myself and discovering who I really am and having a healthy relationship with self. And yeah, and then out of that connection with ourselves, then we can more fully connect to others and be a place of peace and calm for them instead of chaos um and and you'll when you when you stay connected to yourself you are able to access calm even in the middle of other people's chaos too yeah yeah absolutely well thank you thank you so much um you're welcome thanks for inviting me to be with you today um it, yeah and thank you for coming it, it, it's it's yeah this i i just feel like it's really important to um, use this platform as a way of helping people and supporting people right now um, because so many of us are, uh, well all of us are going through this this, this pandemic together and uh, so thank you for all the advice and I hope people take, take notice of that and, and hope everyone wishing everyone well as well and take care of yourselves and each other and be well that's what I would say
Um, so thank you, KJ. Thank you for having me. And uh, take care, everyone, and hopefully talk soon.